Chapter Seventeen of Kilmeny of the Orchard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Karen Savage. Kilmeny of the Orchard by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter Seventeen, A Broken Fetter. Eric went home with a white, haggard face. He had never thought it was possible for a man to suffer as he suffered then. What was he to do? It seemed impossible to go on with life. There was no life apart from Kilmeny. Anguish wrung his soul until his strength went from him, and youth and hope turned to gall and bitterness in his heart. He never afterwards could tell how he lived through the following Sunday, or how he taught school as usual on Monday. He found out how much a man may suffer, and yet go on living and working. His body seemed to him an automaton, that moved and spoke mechanically, while his tortured spirit, pent up within, endured pain that left its impress on him forever. Out of that fiery furnace of agony Eric Marshall was to go forth a man who had put boyhood behind him forever, and looked out on life with eyes that saw into it and beyond. On Tuesday afternoon there was a funeral in the district, and according to custom the school was closed. Eric went again to the old orchard. He had no expectation of seeing Kilmeny there, for he thought she would avoid the spot, lest she might meet him. But he could not keep away from it, although the thought of it was an added torment, and he vibrated between a wild wish that he might never see it again, and a sick wonder how he could possibly go away and leave it, that strange old orchard where he had met and wooed his sweetheart, watching her develop and blossom under his eyes like some rare flower, until in the space of three short months she had passed from exquisite childhood into still more exquisite womanhood. As he crossed the pasture-field before the spruce-wood, he came upon Neil Gordon, building a longer fence. Neil did not look up as Eric passed, but sullenly went on driving poles. Before this Eric had pitied Neil. Now he was conscious of feeling sympathy with him. Had Neil suffered as he was suffering? Eric had entered into a new fellowship whereof the passport was pain. The orchard was very silent and dreamy in the thick, deep-tinted sunshine of the September afternoon, a sunshine which seemed to possess the power of extracting the very essence of all the odours which summer has stored up in wood and field. There were few flowers now. Most of the lilies which had queened it so bravely along the central path a few days before were withered. The grass had become ragged and sere and unkempt. But in the corners the torches of the goldenrod were kindling, and a few misty purple asters nodded here and there. The orchard kept its own strange attractiveness, as some women with youth long past still preserve an atmosphere of remembered beauty and innate, indestructible charm. Eric walked drearily and carelessly about it, and finally sat down on a half-fallen fence-panel in the shadow of the overhanging spruce-boughs. There he gave himself up to a reverie, poignant and bittersweet, in which he lived over again everything that had passed in the orchard since his first meeting there with Kilmeny. So deep was his abstraction that he was conscious of nothing around him. He did not hear stealthy footsteps behind him in the dim spruce-wood. He did not even see Kilmeny as she came slowly around the curve of the wild cherry lane. Kilmeny had sought the old orchard for the healing of her heartbreak, if healing were possible for her. She had no fear of encountering Eric there at that time of day, for she did not know that it was the district custom to close the school for a funeral. She would never have gone to it in the evening, but she longed for it continually. It and her memories were all that was left her now. Years seemed to have passed over the girl in those few days. She had drunk of pain and broken bread with sorrow. 
Her face was pale and strained, with bluish transparent shadows under her large, wistful eyes, out of which the dream and laughter of girlhood had gone, but into which had come the potent charm of grief and patience. Thomas Gordon had shaken his head bodingly when he looked at her that morning at the breakfast-table. "'She won't stand it,' he thought. "'She isn't long for this world. Maybe it is all for the best, poor lass. But I wish that young master had never set foot in the Connor's orchard, or in this house. Margaret, Margaret, it's hard that your child should have to be paying the reckoning of a sin that was sin before her birth." Tilmany walked through the lane slowly and absently, like a woman in a dream. When she came to the gap in the fence where the lane ran into the orchard, she lifted her wan, drooping face, and saw Eric sitting in the shadow of the wood at the other side of the orchard, with his bowed head in his hands. She stopped quickly, and the blood rushed wildly over her face. The next moment it ebbed, leaving her white as marble. Horror filled her eyes—blank, deadly horror, as the livid shadow of a cloud might fill two blue pools. Behind Eric, Neil Gordon was standing, tense, crouched, murderous. Even at that distance Kilmeny saw the look on his face, saw what he held in his hand, and realized in one agonized flash of comprehension what it meant. All this photographed itself in her brain in an instant. She knew that by the time she could run across the orchard to warn Eric by a touch it would be too late. Yet she must warn him, she must, she must! A mighty surge of desire seemed to rise up within her and overwhelm her like a wave of the sea, a surge that swept everything before it in an irresistible flood. As Neil Gordon, swiftly and vindictively, with the face of a demon, lifted the axe he held in his hand, Kilmeny sprang forward through the gap. "'Eric! Eric, look behind you! Look behind you!' Eric started up, confused, bewildered, as a voice came shrieking across the orchard. He did not in the least realize that it was Kilmeny who had called to him, but he instinctively obeyed the command. He wheeled around and saw Neil Gordon, who was looking, not at him, but past him at Kilmeny. The Italian boy's face was ashen, and his eyes were filled with terror and incredulity, as if he had been checked in his murderous purpose by some supernatural interposition. The axe lying at his feet where he had dropped it in his unutterable consternation on hearing Kilmeny's cry, told the whole tale. But before Eric could utter a word, Neil turned with a cry more like that of an animal than a human being, and fled like a hunted creature into the shadow of the spruce-wood. A moment later Kilmeny, her lovely face dewed with tears and sunned over with smiles, flung herself on Eric's breast. "'Oh, Eric, I can speak! I can speak! Oh, it is so wonderful! Eric, I love you! I love you!' End of chapter 17